welcome everyone to the Ditch the Struggle podcast. I'm your host, Alana Rosso. I'm a graphic designer and career and success coach who knew I could do better, but kept falling short of where I wanted to go. And now after years of exploring personal and career development, business, money mindset, and energy work, I'm here to tell you that yes, you can move from stuck and defeated to empowered and confident. Ready to dive in? Awesome. Together, let's ditch the struggle. Hi, everyone. It's Alana, and today we are diving into another job interview story. You know, I love my job interview stories. This one is from about 20 years ago. Now, I promise you I'm going to be doing current job interview stories. I have one um, from just last year that I'm going to share with you next. But this is a key story in my career, and also I think a lot of people will relate to this of going into a job interview and just kind of going for it and asking for what you want. And it doesn't really work out necessarily, but you're glad you did it. So that's what happened here. So I was interviewing to be a freelancer for a packaging design position, and I'm pretty sure the company was Perennial. Now, Perennial back then was hot, hot, hot. Tons of people wanted to work there. It was really well known in Toronto. And somehow I got an interview to freelance there. I'm not quite sure how I did it. I think the company is now called DCM. So I was only three years maybe into my design career at this time, but I already had significant packaging design experience. This was in the 2000s when packaging design was really booming, very coveted skill. I had those skills. I had specialized in packaging design. I loved doing packaging design for the most part, as long as it was a product I was interested in. Um, so I this was a very viable position for me. It was something I definitely could have done and kind of wanted to do. I can't say I was like, I don't remember going into this interview like I'm dying to work there. I was never motivated to work for these like hot companies or trending companies. I just didn't care. But I did want to have good work. I wanted to keep working, obviously. So I put on my best Le Chateau blazer, showed up with my fancy Loomis and Tolls portfolio. Um, Definitely had still the hard copy portfolios. Oh my gosh, I remember so painstakingly putting that together and spending so much money on the most fancy portfolio. And um, I just, I actually enjoyed putting those together. I almost miss those days, but here we are. So at the, at the interview, it was kind of okay. Just remember them asking me a bunch of questions. It was one guy, and I feel like there was someone else in the room, but definitely one guy that I was kind of mainly talking with. And at the end, he asked what my freelance rate was. And I told them it was $55 an hour. Now, that was kind of high for quote-unquote industry standards, and I knew it. But for some reason that day, I blurted out that number. I don't know if I was just really tired of being underpaid and undervalued. Um, Even early on in my design career, I was super frustrated. Or maybe I just didn't care if I didn't get the job. Because as I said, I don't remember fully being like passionate about getting this freelance work, or if I just randomly picked a number. I honestly don't know what was going through my head that day, but I took a big swing. I just really went for it. And I just sat there and blurted out the number and I didn't backtrack or stammer or do any of that. And then the interviewer said to me, what makes you think you are worth $55 an hour? At that point, I definitely took a gulp. I then started stammering. This is when I, this is when I didn't know what to say. I started stammering some half-hearted response, explaining that I had lots of experience, yada, yada, yada. 
I wasn't prepared for that question. And I was definitely taken aback. <laughs> um, it was a little bit shocking. And I will tell you that this moment stayed with me. It left a mark on me. This is why I'm talking about it years later. That interview was just a few minutes long. And yet here I am talking about it, you know, <laughs> telling you the story because I remember so questioning my value in that moment. I was deeply embarrassed. I did th sit there and think, how could I have asked for that much money? Now, remember, this is like 20 years ago. So remember, this is like 20 years ago. It's a long time ago. There are jobs out there for packaging designers that pay way less than $55 an hour now, which is insane because the level of expertise and training you need, it's a lot, right? So shocker, I did not become a freelancer for Perennial that day. I mean, no surprise there, right? And I not only lost out on the opportunity that day, but I also feel I lost self-esteem, confidence, and faith in my ability to make it as a designer. I definitely questioned my talents, my worth. It was just so shocking. I keep using that word to hear someone say that. And he said it like he was slightly annoyed. And hey, maybe sometimes when we trigger people or like maybe it was a genuine question. Maybe he was like, really? Like, why do you think that you are worth $55,000? Why do you feel like you can invoice this that much per hour? But maybe I was triggering him and he wished in his 20s he had asked for that much money per hour. Who knows? And it's not an unfair question in a way. I don't really think he was being a jerk, but he was making a point. I feel like it was making a point. And how I interpreted the question is the point here, because I let it make me feel deflated and sad. And also, I did get a little bit angry, especially on the drive home, like, hey, yeah, bucko, I am worth that money. No one can work a die line quite like me, and I deserve $55 an hour. But the point is that I took what he said to heart as a judgment of my value. And in essence, his judgment is meaningless. And the judgments of others as to what we are worth per hour, per day, per year is actually meaningless. Yes, you have to think about what's, you know, the marketplace value going for certain jobs, including freelance. You can't just say I'm worth, you know, I want to charge $5,000 an hour to be a packing designer. Not going to happen. But we cannot let these moments where someone questions our value, especially when it comes to money, we can't let it derail us, right? And for a long time after that, I was pretty upset. In one hand, I definitely felt like I was worth the $55 an hour. But on the other hand, because he questioned it and he said it in such a way, I wasn't sure anymore. And I was so kind of proud of myself for asking for what I really wanted. I'm not usually a big swing person. I will push boundaries, but to go out there and do that, I'm not, you know, don't do that too often. But I'm really happy I did because it was so worth it. Taking that risk and going for something big, I think those are the moments where we build confidence. I think that is when you're connecting to your true authentic self and aligning with your soul. I think there's something in there, something in you in that moment that knows to go for it and it's worth going for it because there's something to get out of it. And I, I did get a lot out of it. Um, I was able to learn to sit in the cringe 
that's a line that I love to use, like sit in the cringe, that awkward moment where you're like, yep, I would like this much money. And then you look at the person and you wait for them to respond, right? So I learned to sit in the cringe. I didn't die. I made it through. And I consciously decided that one person's reaction will not dictate my worth. It's not going to dissuade me from asking for what I want. It is not going to change what I do in the future. In fact, it might motivate me even more to keep asking for what I want because eventually someone is going to say yes. And I know it's hard. It's so hard to sit there and blurt out the hourly wage that you want or the salary, but you got to do it and especially do it if you're not attached to the outcome. And in this case, I really wasn't. I wasn't too concerned as to whether I would get the job at Perennial or not, because there was tons of freelance work available at the time. When this becomes more challenging and difficult is when you know that mm, the job market's not doing so great. Like right now, there's a lot of crazy things happening in the Canadian job market. You'd have to have your head in the sand to not recognize that, but you can still swing big, right? I think you can. So many times it pays off, especially with clients that I work with. I see it all the time. So if I was to go in that interview again, the one thing I would not have done is given them the number first. Now, this is basic salary negotiation or basic negotiation that you want them to come up with the number first. So I would have said something like, if you had asked me, you know, what's my hourly rate? I would have said, you know, I'm confident perennial is compensating their designers fairly. What did you have in mind? That's a really great open-ended question to get them to come up with a number first. Something like that usually works. Or you could say, um, I'm confident your company is paying fair market value for this role. What did you have in mind? Or what were you thinking? Or what's your salary range? Right? That can work. So I would have done that differently. I didn't know anything about salary negotiation at the time. I was just trying to get some work. And on that particular day, I decided I wanted a lot of money for what I did. It didn't work out. But you know what? I did get freelance work very shortly after uh, through Aquant, which was a company that placed a lot of creatives at the time, working for, I believe it was Anderson DDB Health and Lifestyle, which does a lot of um, health and pharmaceutical stuff. I would, in a billion years, never work somewhere like that now. But at the time, I didn't really know what they did. And it was kind of a good gig. You want to know why? Because they paid me $50 an hour and had very little work to do, actually. It was one of the least stressful jobs in my life because I spent, I think, about a month looking out my window, doing a little bit of work, and watching a crane operator build a new condo tower. So I made that close to that $55 an hour. Didn't have to work too hard for it. And that opportunity just fell in my lap. So you never know where your career is going to go. You never know what jobs are going to come your way. So even if you don't get the job that pays $55 an hour, stay optimistic. Keep the mindset that something better will come along or as good, at least as, as good, come along. And something did come along for me that paid me really well for a while. And I learned a lot about condo development. So next time you are sitting there having to ask for what you want and you're not too invested in the role and you're not really caring which way it goes, I encourage you to go for something big. Go for a high number. I remember I had a teacher at OCAD. I don't know who it was, but he gave great advice and it really ties to this story. He said, every once in a while, double your fee when you're quoting on a project. Just randomly pick a project 
especially one that, again, you're not too invested in. You don't really care whether you get it or not, or you know that the client's going to be a little bit high maintenance and just double it. So let's say you would normally charge $5,000 for the project. Just randomly say it's $10,000, make up that quote and see what happens. You'd be surprised how often that number gets accepted. So tell me, have you ever taken a big swing? Have you ever asked for what you wanted and you knew it was a big number and you weren't going to get it, but you asked for it anyway? I would love to hear the story. Drop me a note, a comment, a DM, all the things, because the more we sit in the cringe, the more we lean into the discomfort, the more confident and empowered we get. And that's what we all are aiming for. That is how we ditch the struggle. Take care, guys. Thank you for joining me today on Ditch the Struggle. You showing up here means so, so much to me. To dig deeper into the topics discussed today and to learn about my work, visit alanaroso.com. And don't forget to download your free resources while you're there. And if this episode resonated with you, please share with others who also want to ditch the struggle. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and a review, and let me know what you'd like to see more of on this podcast. And before I go, I want to leave you with my three favorite ways to ditch the struggle. Be your own best advocate, take baby steps for the win, and forget about a linear career path. It's overrated and you are doing just fine. See you next time.